Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. I'm a feminist, but the other day I looked across the room and there was, you know when there's a mirror that's a little bit far away and you can suddenly see things about yourself you didn't know? And it might be that the mirror's distorted, Kima. It might not be an accurate representation when the mirror's at a strange angle far away. But I was talking to people and I saw this mirror across the room and I went, what's happened to my neck? And then I said, oh my God, I've got to do something about my neck because I'm not changing my age, so I'm going to have to change my neck. (laughs) Somebody give me a new neck around here. I have, and want you to know, you can all relax, I have done nothing about my neck. But if anyone knows of anything that can be done that's non-invasive to a neck, to just give it a bit of a... Is there something on the back? Can you see? Look, I'm under the lights here. Can you see what I mean? Is it fine? It's perfect. I'm a feminist, but this is my favorite part of the show, where you just shout out. You're, it's beautiful. People are shouting. This is like a dream, where people are shouting out, Yo, you've got a beautiful neck. We love your neck. Listen, I feel it's got, it's just a little, it's not as, as it used to be. And I just wondered if there's any non-invasive treatments that could be done. Maybe you just roll something down it and then it just, like a wallpaper, roll If anyone knows anything, just email me at guiltyfeminist at gmail.com and say, yes, I also had insecurities about my neck and now they are fixed with Ugh. this... This non-invasive treatment that costs six ninety-nine. Do you know it's so dangerous? What? It's so dangerous. Like so, these like infomercials. I think are so dangerous when we're like pondering things like this. I remember one time, um, my nana was like watching all these infomercials all day, and she just kept talking to me about crepey skin. Oh, and she yeah. was like, my skin, I think it's crepey. And she didn't think it was crepey before, but they said crepey. And now uh, she's like, I know exactly yeah. what this is. This is crepey skin. Oh, <laughs> she's yeah, like, I need yeah, to get yeah. this cream to firm my crepey skin. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's when the television creates a problem for oh, you that gosh. you then they, that you then can only solve by buying their Fun. expensive infomercial products. Yeah, now you're using Could the word crepey text... to describe yourself. You've never done that before. Would you drop your grandma a little WhatsApp and say, what was, <laughs> what the, was name the cream? Of the cream? <laughs> just like because I feel that this might be creepy someone, please tell me what was the cream yeah I'm going to oh, need gosh. some of that infomercial goodness um, <laughs> uh, I'm a feminist but um, I'm tired of working man yeah. <laughs> I'm done Which, I'm done you were hoping what that women lost the right to work so that you could just be I kept. think so. I don't know. At this point, I think I'm pretty much like I feel like a kind of a loose cannon. I don't know if anyone could keep me, and I don't. I don't know. Like if I could time travel and just uh, like become the kind of person that just is quiet and nice and has a rich husband, I would do it. <laughs> I would. I would give up my wit. This is the. This is this is like the opening to a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. I would give I up relinquish my wit. It. I would relinquish my wit. Take it back. For a gentleman with a carriage. Oh God. And oh, 2000, a carriage? Two thousand a year. Two thousand a year and a home in the country. Great. Yeah. Ideal. A home in the city, <laughs> please. I'm not giving up my wit for a home in the country. <laughs> okay. But what it's about my wit? What about a stately house in the country, a stately home in the country, and then a London townhouse? First of all. 
you can't d determine the properties of my imaginary <laughs> sugar partner. Just okay. sugar partner? Yeah, Is that sugar what we're partner. calling him now? Yeah. Sugar partner. Hey, sugar partner. I've literally never heard that before, but I like you it. You remove it. But I, Is your sugar partner hot? Odd. Ideally, I mean, is this my dream or is this their dream? It's your dream. Okay, yes, they're very hot. Okay. They're See, super, and they're like, they're like, Kima, I just want you to enjoy your hobbies. Um, and my ho like, they're like, I want you to en enjoy your hobbies. Um, and my hobbies would still include like stand-up comedy and like podcasting, except it's less necessary. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how many. Jane Austen heroines had podcasts. <laughs> a lot of them, had, some of them wrote novels though because Jane Austen herself wrote novels. She didn't have a sugar partner to keep her. She had to write the novels. Yeah. She died without a sugar partner. Well, novels are just the podcast of yesteryear. That's what I'm saying. That's what mm. I'm saying. So she was a podcaster but never got a sugar partner. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. I, she walked so I could run. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> I, I, I stand is, on the shoulders of great women. Uh, is, is your sugar partner in this scenario, in this sort of time travel scenario? Yes. Do you have... I believe in manifesting with intention, so let's get into it. Okay. Is it a female sugar partner who you were sort of saying... Because some women used to live, um, like, with an older woman, like a lady-in-waiting. Mm. So... They were like, uh, Amy like a chambermaid or something. No, 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 no. Much more even status than that. So they were like, um, uh, like Amy did it in uh, uh, Good Little Women. She went off with a great aunt, and she. The deal was, come around Europe with me, and I'll show you all of Europe. But on right. this side, you have to read to me and be my companion. Yeah, but see, but, they weren't fucking. No, no, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. I super hope not. But what I'm asking is, under the guise of that, there must yeah. have been lesbian couples, surely. Mm, mm, of course. It's like, oh, she's my companion. Yeah. It was a probably pretty easy thing oh, to pull off. Oh, you've misunderstood me. I don't want to go back in time, uh, like, that far in time. Like, so, I'm down to have this be, like, a, a very 2022 arrangement. <laughs> Why are you going back in time if you're doing it? Well, you're you talking just... about hiding around Europe with an older lady. <laughs> I thought you said time travel. Oh, I just meant to make me the kind of person oh, okay. that could be sugared. I don't think... Oh, I see. So you just want to go back to high school and yeah. stick with the cheerleading. Yeah, and um, that, stay away from that drama club. Right, right, right. You stay away from that stick drama club. The, I see, I Don't see. Don't you do that improv comedy. I thought we were going back to at least Victorian times. I didn't understand we were going back no. to the noughties. Just, yeah, we're just switching it up. Yeah. I've joked my way into breadwinning. <laughs> <laughs> Undo. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you're going to be someone else's sugar partner. That's what I think. Probably. I'm too generous. <laughs> I was literally dating someone, and I could tell, like, I was like, okay, I was like, if I'm doing the math, I don't think that they'll be making what I'm making, and so obviously this person should be a stay-at-home parent and pick lavender with their children. Um, and what's insane about that is I don't even know if I want kids. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing, is if you go back yeah. in time, they're going to expect you to pump out at least one baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if you want that. I don't, oh. think, it, I don't think it's any less work than comedy. That's, let me put it that way. It seems very hard. And so many people that try so much at it do horrible jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, also, but also stand-up stand comedy doesn't wake you up five times a night. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Stand-up comedy doesn't demand that you drive them to karate and then scream at you all the way there and then say, I hate you. And then say, I hate karate. And yeah. And then say, I hate karate and I'm I hate you. I'm never doing karate again. Yeah. I've said it before. Oh. Uh, being a parent is just being an unpaid Uber driver, taking someone to karate who doesn't want to go and hates you anyway. Um... <laughs> I'm a feminist, but lately my tits have grown. We don't know why. Wow. And I'm not mad at it. I feel like I might be getting like 5 to 10% better service mm. in mm. restaurants. This is exciting. It's great I to feel see the like, change. I feel like if I just shoulders back... Because I've never had like 
big tits for my body, if you see what I mean. Because I'm quite broad and tall. But you're saying for your body, and if we put your boobs on me, then maybe they would be big. Well, no, because some people have very small frames. So yeah. I might be a D to double D, but on these shoulders, do you see what I mean? Yeah, because they broad. measure the things. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like, I'm tall. I'm like, these tits on a small woman would be... Barbie. How's she walking around? Exactly. Get her shoulders off the ground, young lady. Stand up. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're that big, but I, I certainly think they would, they would, they would be. You ruined Jessica's back. Exactly. If the Good Body Genie came along, uh, the Good Body Genie is a figment. Uh, do you know about the Good Body Genie? No, I don't. Yeah. Fascinating. So the Good Body Genie, either I would sometimes play with the Good Body Genie when I was younger. Now it's a little bit more anomaly for me because I'm such a feminist mm. now. But back in the day, before I really understood feminism... Dangerous I, game. I used to say to Tom, if the good body genie appeared while I was out and said, mm. what three things of Deborah's body would you like me you to change? You asked Tom! Yeah. What would you change? <laughs> and he would say, nothing, darling. I love you just the way you are. You're so beautiful. I would ask the good body genie to leave and just change nothing. And I'd be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> what if they never come back? You know I hate my thighs. Uh-huh. I can't uh-huh. believe you would ruin that opportunity for me. For me. <laughs> I, have, I would have, like an, so I would write down the demands and go, these are the things we wish to change should the good body genie call while I'm out. Uh, and it was obviously a hilarious trap for him. Like whatever he said obviously was going to be wrong. But it did, so I still do have the good body genie in my head. Obviously now I think all bodies are good bodies, especially mine, because I've been, mm. you know, brainwashed by feminism. And I... <laughs> But the good body genie, I think, has paid a visit in the night. Um, like, Let me sprinkle a little boobies on it. <laughs> I think the good body genie's up the size of my breasts, and I'm not mad about them. That's just that. Yeah. Just a little whisper in the nighttime. Congratulations. No, I genuinely do think I'm much happier with my body than I used to be because of feminism and, and also representation, just genuinely. Mm. But I'm also... I mean, I'm a little bit annoyed that some of my tops don't fit, and also... Who gives a fuck? I've got big tits. Yeah. 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 Is that your new, like, slogan? <laughs> yeah. It Is used to be you don't have to be perfect to be a force for meaningful change. That was my slogan. <laughs> but then and you're like, who gives a fuck? Now it's who gives a fuck? I've got big tits. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the guilty side is winning. <laughs> um, this is probably, you know... A little messed up, but you know, it's around it's fall, autumnal time of year, we get to thinking about the Salem witches and stuff. Um, and I'd probably. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody's thinking about them. That might be an all, American thing. We've, oh, all, East had, Coast we've thing? all had the ladies on our minds. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Crucible of the National, very good. <laughs> I was thinking about them. And I, I probably would have been a witch as well. Um, sure. I, I just, I just kind of have like good vibes like that, uh, just like witch vibes. And uh, if other people in my uh, coven got caught, and I didn't, I think that I would have to say goodbye to them. <laughs> Let them know that I love them. Um, and I hope that they survive the lake test. Are you not standing by your fellow witches? Nope. <laughs> You're just going to be like, bye now? They was, I don't know you. They put them in the water. They're trying to be like, if she's a witch, she would float. Yeah. They don't even know science. How am I supposed to reason with these people? You know, they're setting people on fire and stuff. No, thank you. That's too warm. <laughs> too so warm you were just going to edge slowly away from your fellow witch and go, I don't know, maybe she is a witch. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I don't know that. I've never met a woman before in my life. <laughs> but, then, but I would be doing it for us as a whole because some of us would have to stay alive to carry For the greater on. good yeah. of witchery. Yeah. I see, I see. So you're not doing it for yourself so much as the concept of witchery. Exactly. <laughs> Just for witchcraft as a whole. Nobody in this audience is buying that story. Okay. Well. Live from King's Place in London, the Scottish Theatre Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-Mike, guest host, Kim Abbott, and our very 
do people eat cheese for dessert? Eat cheese? Is that a British thing? They don't do that in America? Um, no, and it's like on the menu a lot, and it's like dessert, and then it's like cheese. <laughs> and you're suggesting it should not be? Well, I don't know where just a bunch of cheese goes on a menu. A bunch of cheese. <laughs> there are British people here who are really bristling at this. They're like, just give us a cheer if you're cheese or pudding, like, like dessert. Just right. cheers. Just give us a, if you could only have one, if you could only have one, just give us a cheer. This is turning it off menu, isn't it? My God. Um, just give us a cheer if you're cheese. Yeah. Give us a cheer if you're, if you're sweet pudding dessert. Cheer if you're both. Okay, so pudding takes a bite a little bit, but it's a lot of cheeses here. So it's the idea when we're using the word dessert to describe cheese. Uh, what is the definition of dessert? Is dessert not meant to be like a sweet thing? Are we simply just being like, this is the post meal delight? Yeah, it's. Well, I think really there should be a pudding course, then a cheese course. So okay. cheese should be your fourth course, really. There should be a starter, a main, a dessert, and uh, then, a, then a cheese platter, board. I struggle with uh, the lactose. So maybe that's where I'm a weird. You know what, guys? It was about me. <laughs> I am fine with you centering yourself in the cheese course. Sorry. Uh, but Sorry. lactose comes into most puddings as well, most desserts, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do for a... For a what's, your, what's your delight? I eat them up. You just eat it and then just suffer the consequences? Yeah. Yes, I do. Whoever is with me will suffer as well. What's, what's the dessert of your dreams? What's... Ooh, oh. Okay, there's fresh fruit involved, right? Mm. I fresh always fruit. enjoy the tang of a berry, right? And I'm talking about straw, rasp. We could go with blue, <laughs> but I prefer straw and rasp, to be honest. Um, and, you know, that's just me and, like, to each their own or whatever. Um, I think we're dealing with an ice cream of sorts. Yes. Um, I don't know if the cream is iced or whipped. Maybe both. This is my dream. Um... <laughs> The creams are both whipped and iced. Yeah, go on. Um, it's a dream. It's but, a dream. But, but, well-made vegan. Hmm. Mm. Nobody's fighting tonight. <laughs> there is an element of chocolate, but it's not too uh, overpowering. Yep. Maybe in the form of a brownie under said ice cream. Ooh, yes. But does it clash with my fresh fruits? Only one way to find out. Fight. Um, so raspberries I can see this now it's a chocolate brownie with mm. vanilla ice cream fresh whipped cream and some raspberries yeah uh, is yeah. there a coulis is there a sort of I was just thinking coulis yeah. <laughs> there may be a coulis yeah I think there's a coulis I think I would have if I can only have one pudding please tell me your dream um, like a vanilla haagen ice cream with mm. a hot chocolate fudge sundae over the top mm, mm. and a side of pavlova <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I love that. pavlova so much. Also, I have a seminal memory, a pavlova seminal memory. That um, is that the that's not like the meringue type one. Is pavlova, that one? Yeah. Or the seminal memory. Is but so, uh, <laughs> is pavlova meringue or is it like that like thick? it's a it's a meringue shell with fr fr meringue froth inside fluff. Yes. Fluff. Yes. It's very. It's actually New Zealanders claim it's theirs. Australians claim it theirs. It's theirs. I think it is in fact a New Zealand thing, but mm. Australians are more claimy. <laughs> Australia is quite claimy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russell Crowe, Australian, mm. not mm. New Zealand. Uh, yeah. if, just to name but one. We'll thing. take him. Exactly. I think now we're probably giving him back. If I'm honest, the way he's behaved over the mm. last few years. I remember when I was a little girl, we had people for dinner, and I'd never tasted pavlova before. And obviously we were allowed up to stay up and have this special dinner. And I remember thinking it was ice cream. And I put my spoon mm. in and I tasted it. And it was the greatest thing I'd ever tasted. It was like angels crying on my tongue. I looked across at my mother and she winked at me because um, she could see how happy I was with this pudding. And so I always have this sort of really seminal, joyful memory of being a small child, not able to say, what is this? What is this food of the gods? Mm. Um, just sitting there going, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever had or anyone's ever had. Mm -hmm. And so I think pavlova always brings back that memory for me. And I would like it with vanilla ice cream and choc sauce on the side. I would also like a cheesecake. I, we... Hey, 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 hey. I, I don't mean to be the dream cop. <laughs> you feel too many dreams. Um, now this is becoming a menu. Now this is becoming off menu. It is becoming off menu. <laughs> 
It is, but they, they would only allow one because they're the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Often you, if you're listening, and I know that you aren't, uh, you, you would not allow me to have so many of these. Uh, have you ever been on off menu? I went on and, you know, they asked you, they're like, you're an appetizer, you mm-hmm. want your main, etc. And I got to the bottom of my menu and I was like, this is fucking gross. <laughs> I was like, when you put all of these individually delicious foods together, I will puke. <laughs> like, I was like, this menu is not realistic in any way, shape or form. It was I, insane. I, I hear you. I think that's sort of the, the joy of off-menu. Anyway, let's stop advertising a boys' podcast. Um, no, I don't think many it. people listen to it at all. We should raise awareness. <laughs> <laughs> together for the incredible Kima Bob. Okay, thank you. So, uh, one of the troubles uh, when you're a stand-up is you have to uh, write stuff, and the only way that you can make your stuff better is by doing it a bunch. Um, but uh, I've, I've done some things here that I have uh, know don't suck. And, you know, that's been great, but now we're going to switch it up. So, <laughs> um, here are half-baked thoughts from a Google document I have called Funny Stuff. Because <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> um, so, one thing I don't like about, like, stand-up and stuff is people always want to do, like, they always want to take cheap shots at vegans, and I don't think it's right. And I know that right now you're feeling like, oh, she's, this is just a setup to take a cheap shot at vegans, but I swear to God, it's not. I actually think it's pretty fucked up to make fun of them. Um, because, like, have you ever dated a vegan and gone out to eat with them? It's not hard for you. It's hard for them. Thank you. Yeah, they're, like, two things for you. I'm so sorry what you go through. And you guys are such good sports about it. Out there just pretending to care about fries and cauliflower. (laughs) Well done. I just want to say that when it comes to dining, vegans are the oppressed and we need to be nice to them. (sighs) Anyway. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to read this out. Uh, It says, I feel like psychological torture is like a hand job. Uh, no one can get you there the way you can. <laughs> um, and it just says, oh, sure, someone might be good at it. It might feel refreshing to have someone else take a tug. Jesus Christ. <laughs> take a tug. Ah, <laughs> oh, but unless they know about your crippling fear of financial ruin, you'll never come. Uh, <laughs> That's mad. Um, I, I actually am really good at torturing myself about, like, food stuff. Um, basically what it is, is uh, I'm bad at cooking. Uh, like, so much so that if I had a cooking show, it would be called Remove Sleeve Pierce Film. <laughs> like, that's kind of where my expertise lies. Um, and I, I go back and forth between uh, being like, hey... Uh, you you can order food and being like, why are you doing this? It's not economically sustainable. And basically, I could take myself on a real journey. Okay, so basically, I, I like to play a game called um, ordering versus grocery store, right? Um, and that's because I like to play a game called I constantly have an empty fridge. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's so hard. I'm trying to get like around on it, but it's so hard. And then I'll, I'll, I'll be like, you're wasting money. And then I'll be like, no, you're worried about wasting money. You're wasting time um, and I've spent so much time negotiating that I'll be stuck on the couch with like no motivation to go to the store uh, and no idea what I would cook if I did go to the store I'm basically talking myself out of going to the store and I'm like oh if you go to the store what are you going to do get food then make it probably not what are you going to do watch it right again you're going to watch it right again oh you love to watch it right oh my god I'm way too good at letting food rot like, it's, I don't even try. Like, I'm just naturally gifted, and I think it's absolutely fucked up. And, I, I, like, I, I understand that, like, food waste is bad. And when I buy it, it's not the intention, but, oh, it just happens. Um, and so, basically, how it will go... Oh, there's something after this. That's so dumb. 
basically, how it goes at like 3.30, I'll be like, all right, we're going to go to the grocery store at 5 so we can make dinner. And then like at 4.20, it like rains. And I'm like, oh, can't go to the store in the rain. Are you kidding me? I'm outside. It's raining. That's insane. No one want that. Um, and then like around like 4.28, the rain stops. And I'm just kind of like, well, I've already decided not to go to the store. Um, <laughs> You know, and I'm like, it's still cold. You know, after it rains, sometimes the air is cold. I'm gonna just go out now. I'm gonna get sick. Now I'm sick. Is that what we want? That's not what. It's not what's up. And then like I'm like, oh, and also like, is what I'm hungry for at the store? <laughs> like, do you know? Do they even have food there? Um, just the logic leaves. Um, and then I'm like, oh, but don't uh, order the food, cause then. Uh, I'm like, oh, well, it did stop raining, so at least someone will be dry. Um, and that's generally how it goes. It's very sad. Uh, I here have a note that says, uh, come diamonds. Uh, and it's just an exploration of how everyone's always talking about blood diamonds, um, but no one seems to care about come diamonds. Um, and I think that in the kind of uh, hierarchy of diamonds, it would be like spit diamonds are like very low. Um, and then like above that, like other bodily fluid diamonds and then hit blood diamonds and then cum diamonds are the best. <laughs> so I just want to raise awareness of cum diamonds. There are better, better diamonds. <laughs> this is honestly just crime. Um, I used to only be good at two things when I lived in America, and that was boiling water and sucking dick. Um, and then I moved to the UK, and you guys have all these kettles. Um, it's making me feel pretty bad about myself. Oh my god. Um, okay, one last thought, and I'll leave you. Um, uh, do you guys ever find like uh, the hair of uh, a lover? in your bed and think, ooh, I could do a clone now. <laughs> does that ever occur to you? But then, but then you go, oh, how, how much is that gonna cost me? You know? That kind of science, that kind of equipment, that kind of technology. You know, we'll probably have to investigate, find a team that does those sort of things, but they're out there, they're doing it. But then you're like, oh, but once you get past the, you know, those kind of logistics, now how, how, how long you gotta grow this Clone lover from scratch, you gotta watch it grow up? That's gross. <laughs> huh? That's not hot. By the time this uh, clone lover I may grows up, probably won't even be my type anymore. <laughs> anyway, these are uh, just thoughts that I've had. Thank you for listening. Team up, up, everybody! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. After 10 years in the music biz and a memorable run on The Voice, she took her brand new show, Is It a Bird?, 
to the Edinburgh Fringe this August. To call her show a runaway hit does not do justice to the enormous buzz the show created. Suddenly, she is one of the UK's most exciting and celebrated comics, and for good reason. Please clap your hands, stamp your feet, and make incredible, guilty feminist, woohooing, welcoming noises to the incredible Jordan Gray! Jordan, grab a mic. Come, yeah. Which Hello. Are, yeah, that's oh, the one. Right. That's the one. <laughs> Jordan, you're... Surely, yeah. the only difference between a dessert and yeah. cheese yeah. is the linear nature of time. Because most desserts are cream-based and they will curdle, given the opportunity. Oh, that's so it's sort of the same point. thing, really. If you, leave, <laughs> if you leave any cream-based pudding out in the rain long it enough. It will become some kind of cheese. In the rain as well. That's an unusual situation to have a dessert. <laughs> so why? I just thought it was like someone left the cake out in the rain. So I just feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's oh, Basically, every pudding you've ever eaten is just days away from cheese. Yeah. Mm. Jordan, are you more of a cheese gal or more of a pudding gal? I like a cheesecake. Just oh, to... <laughs> everybody out Controversial. Thrown down on the table. Take a stand. <laughs> Jordan's now walking out rightfully. Um, Jordan, your show this year in Edinburgh got nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award. And it was one of the hottest shows going in Edinburgh. So exciting. It was a very small box indeed. It was very hot in there for the whole time. But also, so it was great. really nice to get nominated for that award because that's what is the holy grail for a comedian. It made me really happy. Mm. Yeah. And alongside some of the best comedians I've ever met in my life. So it's an honour. You always think, there was only nine of us nominated and you always assume it must be a fluke. I think I must be the ninth one. I must have just got across the line. And then it turned out people really liked it. It was good. Oh, it was so incredible. Happy. I went to go see the show um, and I knew uh, a bit out that I needed to get my ticket because I was like, oh, people are getting in there. It's selling hot. It's selling fast. And I was so glad that I grabbed it and that I saw it and that I was able to see you move and be and to see you celebrate yourself and be celebrated. Like, it's such a bum show and you're such a bum performer and everything they're getting is, like, so well-deserved. So congratulations. This is the nicest introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Thanks. That's so nice. So Thank you very much. I've had a really difficult couple of days, been really complicated couple of days, and this is the nicest thing, just to be surrounded by nice, really nice people, intelligent, lovely people that just want to talk about nice things. It's really nice. Oh, also, I'm involved in this conversation quite a lot, which is nice as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, this moment is to centre and celebrate you and all the wonderful things you're doing. I was not able to get a ticket for your show when I went up to Edinburgh because I was there right at the end after you'd been nominated. So there was no, there wasn't getting a ticket for Love or Money. So I'm going to come to the Palladium this Friday night and see it. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I'm, oh, and I'm excited because I, I think it's going to be an extra long, like more whistles and bells show. No? Yeah, because there's a stipulation in the contract of the Palladium that needs to be an interval so people can mm. buy alcohol. <laughs> so I've had to chop the hour in half and I think half an hour per half is not enough so I'm going to add more into each half so it's like a bumper show because people got paid parking and like babysitters mm. and stuff an hour is not long enough are you excited about that um, like challenge of building it out and it was, yeah I got an email that said there's an interval so perhaps you'd like to add another sort of half an hour to the show so all right, I'll just pull another half an hour of award winning comedy out of my Aris what are you talking yeah, about yeah, that's no. up really hard yeah. been working yeah. on the show forever but it might be the funniest stuff because I would have not really said it much before mm. much like your stand up today I've enjoyed that very much yeah. the yeah, cum I... diamonds it'll be a cum diamond situation yeah it'll be your cum diamond <laughs> my, my cum diamond <laughs> we will be selling cum diamonds I'm, in I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that should catch on um, I'm a little concerned that that's going to become a meme and a thing and people will go, yeah, it came out of the guilty feminist. Um, um, so tell us about this come diamond of a show. Strictly come diamond. Um, that was too fast and too good. That was very, very good. I, I'm so uh, excited about being able to see it because I've heard so many wonderful things. Could you describe the show for the audience? I can. I shall do my bloody best. Mm. So I'm, um, I'm a transgender person and I'm from Essex and the show's called Is It a Bird? Because it's like, is it a bird? Is it a plane? But also, is it a bird? I don't know. I figure <laughs> out. Um, because I play to quite a broad audience. Like, that's something I discovered, especially at the Fringe, mm. 
is that um, my, my audience is, uh, is very broad and they don't necessarily know what they're looking at. And the whole point of the show is that you don't feel bad for a second not knowing stuff because I don't use any phrases people don't really know. Mm. I'm talk- it's, there's a loose superhero through line. I sort of, I'm a little bit jealous of Batman, so I'll talk about that a little bit because like, how come he gets to dress up like whatever he wants and call himself a bat and the mm. entire world has absolutely no problem with that. Mm. Um, I was going to talk about dogs and babies and my lovely wife. And there's music, sort of, a la the great Tim Minchin, who I could never compare myself to, except what, except I just did. But like, no, <laughs> but he's the best. But I'm down here with my keyboard and my uh, silly haircut. But to be fair, like, several a newspaper agrees with the comparison. That's a lovely comparison to make. But then I also get, like, a lot of Russell Brand, which is fine. I don't know if that's a problematic <laughs> comparison to make, because I don't know if he's done anything wrong recently. But, because we've... I, know, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, but it's, it's a compliment, because he's a comedian, and I want to be a comedian. Yeah. Well, you are a comedian. You got nominated for the Britain's highest honour of... So it's empirical comedy. evidence. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think, I think yeah. it would be really weird if, if they just sort of rang up and went, sorry, we've just realised you're not a comedian. <laughs> we're taking that nomination back. So like, oh, I said... This was all an art piece. <laughs> I do. I think that's really. It's really easy sometimes to like go. Do identify as a comedian? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like as what I'm doing because it's because the art forms changed so much. And when I when I first came to comedy clubs, before I was even doing stand up, a comedian was one thing, and it was mm. it was so limited what you could do or what was perceived as comedy. And I remember the first people breaking through, like. Dave Gorman was doing something different, a slightly off the Eddie Izzard was doing something different. And I think there were so many different voices starting to bubble through. And now it's everything and anything. Like you go up to Edinburgh and you see so many really wildly different yeah. hours. Well, then there are still people that try to be kind of like, uh, I don't want to say like traditional about it, but they're like, uh, I think they try to police behavior of comedians. Instead of being like, you're not a comedian, but they're like, are you a real comedian? Unless you go out this many times a week, and unless you're gigging in this place and this place and this place and doing this, this and this, um, and being like, that's that's who I respect, that's who I consider to be a real comedian. So they won't try to like take it away from you entitled. They'll just be like, I don't know if you're like us. Um, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And the idea that you should be able to play any room if you're a real comedian. Yeah. But then I, I listened to uh, the lovely comedians comedian podcast with, mm. uh, oh, yes. with and sarah millican said well it's not like i have to be able to walk into a room and entertain a bunch of six-year-olds it's a completely mm-hmm. different thing you don't actually have to be able to play every single room you find your audience don't you you whittle it down so that's bullshit as well all the rules about being a comedian are all just silly and made up they really are i feel it's very similar to gender it's like <laughs> seriously though like i do i feel like the more i'm exploring gender and sexuality the more I'm realising we have such a Western framework to go, you are a, you are a, you are a, and you are a. And when you are looking at Indigenous communities, it's just not really like that. We had this amazing Farfini woman on Samoan in Sydney, and uh, she said, in the Western framework, I'm a trans woman, but in my culture, I'm a Farfini person. And that could be anything in our framework from a gay man to a non-binary person to a trans woman and it's someone who's femme but on this, you know, it's all kind of a spectrum and I said, well, how do you know what kind of far Fini person someone is? And she said, well, you don't. She mm-hmm. was like, you get to know them as an individual and they will exhibit and, but she said, well, it's sort of the same with um, again, it's our framework, cis people is our framework but she said, well, everyone's sort of on a spectrum in terms of their gender and their sexual orientation. It's And the way I'm increasingly seeing is it's not like... Um, in the Western framework, we don't say something. We we would say something was loud or quiet, but we know that's a relative term. Mm-hmm. So if you go into a pub and I go, "Is it loud in there?" You don't just go. It's not yes or no. It's like it's, it was loud for me, or I thought it was fine. Right. But you know, like same as light and dark. We don't have an on and off. Even left and right, it's sort of relative. Over there is left, and over there is right. North by northwest. It's only gender where we go. It's boy or girl, and that's it, and that's stop talking. And it's actually sexual orientation. That came from sexologists in the 18, late 1800s going, mm-hmm. you are a... And actually, in those days, it was a pathology. It was, this is your diagnosis, that you're homosexual. 
I feel elevated by this conversation. I feel, I, I, my whole obsession in life is that I can add value to any situation I'm in. I felt so underqualified mm. to be here. But that, ah. that's re- I feel so, that was really nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I, I feel I know a little bit more about myself. I mean, <laughs> this is great. No, it's only that I've been doing so much research for this book. Um, but I'm sure, you know, in terms of your lived experience, you know a lot more than me. Well, I've not written a book about it yet. But I don't know. Perhaps you'd like to write it for me. Perhaps that's something we could talk about next year. I don't. That's the thing. The idea that, I'm, that I would know all the terms and everything. I host an awful lot of Pride festivals. When you're a reality TV reject like I am, you're basically asked to do a lot of Pride festivals up and down the country because we're really affordable and we've been on TV. Um, so I speak to lots of young people who have new terms every day and I have to keep up mm. with those. But, um, and, I, and that's a wonderful learning experience for me, but I trip up all the time and that's, it's like a... You know, it's a difficult yeah. thing to say. In terms of, like, getting the language right for the framework? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the sentiment is always right, always welcoming and, and understanding mm-hmm. and celebratory, but, gosh, things change all the time. And I've got I to represent all of them. I really appreciate your, um, your acknowledgement that the learning is ongoing and willingness to do so. Um, I think it's, like, within, like... So so much of the stuff that we're learning about, like within the queer community, et cetera, I was just saying the other day at a gig that um, I'm confused a lot. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about like uh, sexuality-wise, like what do I think, you know, a great person would be like for me. Um, and I was thinking about um, gender expression-wise and stuff, about how a lot of the time uh, people like to paint... Uh, queerness and pride as like you finally reach this destination or like you're there and you know everything and you figured everything out when I think queerness is this journey and ultimately the pride is like just like going and being alive and being yourself wherever you are in it and owning it and like learning is ongoing you know, and, and like I think both of you guys have just said like in different ways. Like Debs, I think you do a great job of keeping up with what's going on. Like I say some like sh- just shit to you. It won't even be important. It'll just be what the kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to learn what the latest language and frameworks are, but I also mm. do think in parallel with that. Um, I remember once Travis Alabanza saying to me, mm. I'm trans because language is limited. Mm. And I think we're, we out, I think the Ferrari in the press and the, on Twitter about this has become so locked because it's a very Western view that, this is, that something is this or this. And it, you have to be this because I'm telling you you're this because you're not this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's so, but it's only words. It's only words. Like a human being is a human being. And I think what we're all trying to do is say, this is my experience of being human. Is it anything like your experience of being human? Mm. And just trying to express that. And so then we look for groups of, I'm in this group. Are you in this group? Are you also somebody who has this experience or quality or body part or blah, 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 blah. And then people want to group together and go, I'll be safe if I'm with the other people who have this Mm. gender identity or this body part or this feeling or this. And then it gets so locked into, no, you are a this or a that. And it can only really be an experience if you've never had this experience of being this close to Deb when she's talking about this stuff this is so amazing this is so transformative like yeah you're absolutely right it's your 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 sincerity is like so so absolute like it's it's really it's really thank you so much for this this we're just having a little moment I'm sorry about this it's real nice you're really nice I've like maybe I needed it more than ever right now but I do feel thank you for saying that stuff and Oh, I believe you as well. Every word you're saying, I believe you. That's a nice thing. None of it's like platitudes. It's like, I believe what you're saying. That's not so nice. No, I really, I really, I really do feel it. And I feel like my big concern is that right now, and I I really do want to be positive and I think we can win, uh, is that old school homophobes are being emboldened by, they just hear, oh, we don't want this, da, 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 da. And I just get, you know, and I think we've got to more proactively, I think it's really easy if you're not trans, to go, I just want to stay out of this. I just, it's too much. Oh, I'm going to get, I've got to get it in the neck from somebody. But I think the more we practice radical compassion and radical conclusion as a group, the less we need to be frightened because we will be together. And I really do think in 10 years' time, it will be nothing. It will be, not nothing, but it will be, I think it will be normal. But there's a real bump to get over. And I think it's going to need all hands on deck, gang. I really, really do. 
um, coming together. And I think one yeah, of the... to get everyone there in one piece. Yeah, and it's, it's not easy because I think it's, you know, you say brilliant things online about how change is difficult. And, you know, you said a brilliant tweet the other day where you said change is difficult and I should know. And I think it's funny in it and it's really lovely. What I think you're doing so brilliantly is you're being really, really funny and really joyful on stage. Your show, from what I've seen, I saw you on Channel 4 the other night, it's very joyful. I'm a, I'm a six-foot toddler running around. That is my, fully that. And nobody cannot relate to that feeling of being like, I'm so excited right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, Let's have a great time. Yeah. yeah. It, gender falls out the window because we don't think, of, but we don't particularly think of young kids as gendered at all. They're just blobs mm. running around having a good time. Yeah. That's all I am. I'm just a really long blob running around having a good time. <laughs> and that you can't, you'd have to be a stony hearted bastard to watch the show and go, oh, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. having so much fun. Um, yeah. And in order for that joy to, uh, to radiate as largely as possible, as, as universally as possible, I have to broaden the language so everyone mm. can understand. I don't want a single person to switch off and go, well, this isn't for me. Mm. Right, because yeah, I want everyone to live vicariously through my stupidness. So it's what's really an fun. example of broadening language, do you mean? I will, for example, sex change is an incredibly old-fashioned phrase and it yeah. also doesn't make sense. I, I, I mm. do a whole bit in the show about how you can't change your sex. Sex is genetic information. I wasn't bitten by a radioactive woman. Right? You can't change your genes. I wasn't working late in my laboratory one evening. I tripped over and fell into a large vat of gender fluid. Right? You can't change your genes, but it's, um, but it's an old-fashioned phrase, and that's how most people get in, to use the, the language of transition. Even that, you'd think people would understand, and it makes sense... Yeah. You, don't, you could have a figure it out. But if it's not the language most people are used to, I will introduce the concept through the phrase sex change because that's what the top of the... the, the, like mm. the, the people that are furthest removed from this experience, that's their way in. The and that's way. fine. Never let anybody feel bad about that's the, way, that's the word that they understand. And then we dismantle it if it mm. needs to be dismantled. I think that joke about being bitten is quite yeah. funny. That's so it, it stays in the show. Um, and then it goes downhill. I always thought this is really funny. Like I always say, you can't change your sex. I'm not one of those dinosaurs out of Jurassic Park 2. And no one gets it. <laughs> but then I crowbar in what I believe to be an incredibly good it's Jeff Goldblum good. impression. <laughs> so that's the only reason for it, because I do... Can a... we see a bit of the Jeff Goldblum impression? You don't want to hear Jeff uh, We Goldblum. really so do. Good. Nothing could be make you more popular in this room. Gosh. Uh, see, uh, the, uh, your scientists... Uh, <laughs> your scientists, uh, they, they're so busy uh, trying to make dinosaurs. Uh, uh, they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could. Uh, they, they didn't stop to think if they should. Hey! <laughs> Come to the Palladium <laughs> to hear me do that. I'll, if I will just do, do that, that for an yeah. hour. Yeah. 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 And you've got some incredible songs, um, one Thanks. of which we saw on Channel 4. Um, uh, you're not singing tonight because you have to save your voice for the Palladium. I do, because otherwise that Jeff is going to come out all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favourite song to sing? I have a song about... Um, it's very much in the style of the late Billie Holiday and it's like selling your soul to the devil and selling your body to the devil... And then I just continue that list. So it's like, I sold my Xbox to the devil. <laughs> I sold some weed to the devil. Oh, brilliant. And I love it because it's like a real bit of music as well. I feel like yeah. a proper so singer. Yeah, it's like, it's it. actually a vibe. And then you're like, what else is this bitch about to sell to the devil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because I was a singer for 10 years and it's nice to pull that out. It's weird to have an entire career and now it's been reduced to a party trick. But I quite like mm-hmm. it. Nice, yeah. I'm like, oh, also, a little bit. Yeah, that's because you, you, were, you were a professional singer when you went on The Voice. Done my best. And then you're, yeah. now you've, you've, you've moved into comedy because it's much more... Uh, it's so much more fun. Uh, you can... I think you can... You, because you're I more autonomous can, when you're yeah, a comedian. Yeah, be more yourself, I think. Yeah, well, you can just make your own living. As mm. long as anyone will come and see you. Mm. You just don't have to wait for other people to endorse you in comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not true in singing as much. I think you can a bit, but I feel like... It's the thing in the world where there's the least endorsement by the powers that be necessary, which mm. is comedy or cabaret. It's like, well, as long as someone will leave the house to see me, I've got a job. Mm. And you can, something that you've just thought of this morning can end up being a show that evening. Mm. It's not the same mm. with music. You'd have to be pretty prolific to end up with something mm. workable. That's by true. Evening. Whereas you can think of come diamonds on the bus on the way here. It's true. And oh, boom. The routine is, you know, That's there true. was some really funny stuff in that, and, and you're know, reading it off the phone. Maybe one day, um, maybe one day it'll go into something about conflict, diamonds, and you know, the larger. But at present, it's just about come. Uh, 
It's not about war. It's it, not about colonization. It's just about come. It will. It will evolve. I'm sure. But I, mm-hmm. we'll all be thrilled to say we were here. We saw the first ever. <laughs> the sparkling. You, you saw the rock that one day would become a cum diamond. Come, you, we, <laughs> we saw the cum coal. Is that the cum be Worked its way into a diamond. I really, why did I bring coal. this up again? I really regret it. I didn't I'm selling cum coals after the show. No, cum coal is what you get if you've been naughty that year. Have <laughs> 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 you been very naughty? <laughs> Santa baby. <laughs> um, yeah, oh my gosh. you know, uh, what's the highlight for the audience, do you think? What did they most respond to? The songs are a, are a big <laughs> big hit, I imagine mm-hmm. me saying that actually about myself. People like the songs because <laughs> it's easy to say anything you want with a song because it's mm. jaunty and silly and, and anything. Um, I think people just respond to the fact that they, they get to sit there for an hour and not feel silly or tripped up or bad about stuff that they didn't necessarily understand. That's nice. Um, I've done a lot more crying during my shows than you would for a normal comedy show because I was enjoying myself so much. I kept hitting these new hurdles and then like... Like Ian McKellen showed up, bless his little <gasps> cottons. Right? It was really nice. Stop it! Right I've done now. a little cry because that because he's Magneto and it's a show about superheroes. Um, and then what, oh. I, what I did was, did you mention he was in the audience? You just kept. I, I left it for about twenty minutes, right? <laughs> and then I was like, oh bloody Magneto's here! And then I kept picking up my mic stand and I kept moving it an inch towards him and going, Ian, mate, come on, mate! Oh, because he's got magnet powers. Oh. And he loved it. But then I done a little cry afterwards because he sent me an email saying, well done, and also don't worry about the awards because the real award is the love and laughter of the audience. Yeah, oh, so sweet. Yes. Yeah, and it probably got me because I was like, if he's got that grace and decorum after all this time, like, I've yeah. got to catch up. Mm. I think mm. that is the real award, but the other awards are nice too. Um, <laughs> they love I like both kinds of awards. Uh, I'm wondering, like, because I think it's really uh, gracious and kind of you, and um, when I think about going up, because when you go up to the fringe, uh, the people that are there that are watching things, it's hard to tell like who they are, where they are. And I think it's really lovely that you're like, I want to make sure that everyone can come in. Can I ask how, like, how much of that felt like responsibility? Maybe responsibility to not only like the community, but also responsibility to get in booties and seats. Um, and have, <laughs> like, so what felt like you had to make it accessible and what of it was, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I'm far more proud of being like working class than I am of being transgender. So I wanted to make sure it was affordable mm. and anyone could get in. Mm. Um, and I'm a, I always say, I'll do a lot of write for a lot of TV and I'm a, I'm a comedian first and transgender person second so you come to enjoy a comedy before you would come to hear about the transgender experience it's obviously going to come up because you write about what you know and I sort of know a bit about it so like that's that's what we talk about um, it just has to be available to everyone but then the Guardian done a nice five star and then the Telegraph did a nice five star and then suddenly a week later you get that knock on effect of all the Telegraph readers sitting in the front row with their arms crossed like entertain me now mm-hmm. um, and that's lovely what a lovely challenge because I'm like alright that you, you've paid your money as well just like anybody else and they turned out to be some of the loveliest audiences as well mm. like it's just it's a treat I, get to, I got to meet every single kind of person it's not like you do walk out as a comedian I was saying to this to Sophie Duke earlier today if you go out and you see in the distance someone's got like blue and pink dyed hair you go oh this is going to be a good gig <laughs> they're going to respond this is fine this is okay we look for sort of like yeah um gender non-conforming yeah, or like no colorfulness goes. you're like great this is going to be great we're going to have a nice time but if you don't see that yeah oh hello just a, just a blue hair person <laughs> laughing at the audience i thought can i just direct my next jeff impression to this person <laughs> see, see if you get a better response um yeah because i'm like well this person's they've already gone past a certain I'm making huge like, assessments mm. about people that have dyed their hair a different colour. Mm. But like, you've jumped one social boundary already. If you're willing to dye your hair an exciting colour, you're mm. probably willing to hear other interesting ideas about life. And then that, I'm like, OK, this person's got a, more of an open mind and a lovely head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm specifically talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. It's what, is it? Like, what, <laughs> no, it is. It's what, about no, it is. It's sort of what, what makes you feel safe. Yeah. Mm. Um, and makes you feel like this audience is going to be okay. A and thousand percent. I feel like for me, it would just be like, like a black person. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's like, it's what what will relax you. And mm. um, I remember once in Edinburgh doing a gig 
it was a chat show, but I didn't realise that the guy running the chat show was had a really right-wing crowd. And it was very, very, very bitter Scottish people because there's hardly any right-wing people in Scotland. So they, they, it was like a far-right rally. And they felt so pissed off because there were so few of them. You know, they, they were just like, God damn it, why are we mm. the only ones that can see sen- the sense of the far-right here in Scotland? And I remember feeling so alienated on stage and I just sort of had to go for it because I was like... They hate me anyway. Why not have some fun? Mm. Um, but I do remember feeling like, oh, I'm going to get run out of town. And it's like, in those instances, what will make you feel safe? Like, what, who can you hold on to or what can you do? But you definitely start checking the exits because you start to feel physically unsafe. But, and I think, you know, if you're trans, that can happen any time. And so I love what you're describing about being almost like um, you're very, and I see it from your trust as well, you're really radically compassionate and humanizing you're really humanizing of everybody and i love that you're allowing an audience to come in who are not in a sort of elite academic space um of you know it's so easy to get into this kind of very mm. london way of this is how we talk about it yeah this is your assigned a... gender at birth and we all know what that means yeah. and that's a shortcut there's but... that there's the elite academic there's also just like being steeped in queerness which a lot of people queer and non aren't always like able to have a community around them there's like oh i just like well done you, standing in the gap and being, like, the biggest person. But if you ever get tired of it, just know that you can come be petty over here. Uh. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really good point. Because yeah. I feel like it has, it, it does take energy. And, like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you, it's easy to burn out like that. Um, but also, you, it's like I sort of have started just to feel like a cartoon character. Like, mm. also, which is great. I love a cartoon character because they're also sort of bulletproof as well. Like, mm, but mm, You're wearing a Marge Simpson T-shirt. She's my new spirit it. animal is Marge Simpson. Because there was an episode of The Simpsons where Marge found an amazing pink suit in a, in a supermarket and then mm. she wore it. At, you know, someone proper nodding. And then um, her friends took the mickey out of her because she wore it too many times. So then she, she re-sewed oh, it into right. like a different outfit and a different outfit. And I wore a pink suit on Friday Night Live and my hair was pretty much the same height as Marge's. Oh, and then I saw a picture yeah. of it. I was like, I must, that must have gone into my brain when I was little. Oh, she's my new spirit animal now. Um, I feel like a cartoon. My hair looks like, when it's out, it looks like a child drew it without taking their pen off the page. <laughs> 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 um, but... But it affords you a sort of a whimsy. And also, I do literally every second. I, I'm, there's never a minute where I don't actively feel like life is too short. Not like a platitude. Mm. Not like, oh, life's short, so let's be nice. I'm like, fuck, it's, we're going to die. <laughs> we're yeah. going to die. Yeah. So everything's fine. It's horrible when people say nasty things. But it's also like, we're, I'm going to die. I always want to be to them. Like, don't worry, I'm going to die. <laughs> <One day. laughs> Probably before you, I'm bound to have something. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just... I, I I hear that when I left the Jehovah's Witnesses, I was a Jehovah's Witness. They tell you you're going to live forever on Earth, and right. Armageddon's going to come, and you're going to live forever on Earth. And the day I realised I was going to die, and I remember it so clearly where I was, everything about it. I was like, oh God, I better start living. And I can always tell when people know they're going to die. I mm. like sometimes it's that they've, you know, they've had an accident or something, and they've their life's flashed before their eyes, or they've, mm. you know, they've had um, an illness, and I can always tell when they're like. I've got to do something. I've got to be something. I've got to feel something. I've got to connect with somebody. And it's, it's a wonderful thing when you realise you're going to die. Um, not to depress you. It sounds so grim, but it's so nice. It's so it's great so to, to go, okay, if we've got limited time, what are we going to do? If you, let's all worry. say it together. <laughs> We're all going to die. die. <laughs> but right now. now. But, but not today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's get back to cum diamonds. I like that. I'm always scared if I like... I'm scared that um, the idea of being alive in the future is like what's motivating me to do things. And so if I'm just like, hey, we're all going to die, like what if I just chill? Like, do you know what if I chill too much? Do you know what I mean? So um, my fear is that if I'm like, oh, life is short, we're going to die, I'm not going to be like, let's go make shit happen. I'm going to be like, then why the fuck are we hustling? <laughs> yeah, I think that we need a certain amount of chill and a certain amount of hustle. But I, I am really, um, I'm certainly loving the hustle you're doing at the moment. I feel like you're, you're bringing joy and you're bringing accessibility mm. and you're bringing great comedy and great singing, and you're doing that 
you know, as a trans woman who is, shall I say trans woman, trans person? Shall I say trans? I'm a trans, trans woman. I'll believe, okay. I'll, I'll believe whatever you say. <laughs> you're, so, you're so nice and good at this. I'll believe what you say. I think I'm a trans woman. Okay. As as I'm, I just wanted no. to check because you said trans person. I thought I might be saying the wrong thing. Oh, okay. No, okay. That's very sweet I'll, though. I'll pick us. it up. I'll say it again. Um, and as you're, you're doing that um, as a trans person and that is in itself a great act of both joy and defiance in this, in this world. That's, uh, Thank you very much. It, it's, this world is in itself. Uh, doesn't, the world doesn't know itself. Um, mm. Is that so, for the person with the dyed hair? A little applause came out. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Sorry to interrupt. Thank no, you so no, much. No, 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 um, no. Feel free to uh, applaud or don't. Or don't. Um, or yeah. don't. <laughs> That's, thanks. Now, uh, Jordan, when's your next run? By the time this comes out, actually, I suppose it might have been announced that we're likely to do it towards Christmas time. Maybe towards Exciting. Christmas. Yeah. So if you want to see it in London, come and see it this Friday night at the Palladium. Yeah. And then it'll be around the country and probably somewhere near London uh, in the later this year, early next year. What's your website? You could follow me across social media at talldarkfriend. Don't ask me what it means. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and the like, and we'll just we'll be on there, won't it? Tall, at talldarkfriend. At talldarkfriend. Yeah. And uh, do you have a website with all your dates on or no? No. Okay. <laughs> Don't find Tall Dark Friends website. Go to her, her socials and uh, you will find her dates there. Uh, Kima Bob, is there anything you'd like to plug? Please listen to the Films of Colour Comedy Club podcast, which is available anywhere you listen. That, and uh, come to the live shows as well. Um, also, on the 3rd of December, we are doing a big show on the South Bank. It's called really? The Guilty Feminist Presents Campus Christmas. Yes. And all the proceeds are for the Say It Loud Club, which is run for and by LGBTQ plus refugees who are fleeing homophobic oppression. And they're now in London uh, or the UK somewhere. Sorry, there are other places. Other places are available. Um, sorry, they're not all in London. Um, you know there are places that are not London. This has really gone horribly wrong. Um, everyone on the bill is LGBTQ+. Um, it is going to be a great, great night. Tom, Anne and I are co-hosting. We were doing it last Christmas, but then COVID, uh, it got COVID. Uh, and we all remember last Christmas, suddenly there was this horrible second COVID outbreak. So it became campus springtime. But it was not just about the night. It wasn't just about the money. Amazing things happened. Like a lawyer came out of the audience and said, because um, most of the audience were LGBTQ+, as you can imagine, with the bill that we had. And she came out and said, I work for a big law firm, but we have an immigration department and I'm going to uh, organise for some pro bono legal work for the Say It Loud Club because queer refugees are often asked at the Home Office, like, prove how you don't look like a lesbian. You know, like, what does a lesbian look like? So the Say It Loud people will be on the bill. Kima Bob will be on the bill. Jordan will be on the bill if she wants to. Um, I haven't asked her yet, but I'm asking her now. I don't know if you're free, December 3rd. Sounds great. Um, sounds great. It's going to be really great. It's at the Queen Elizabeth Hall South Bank Centre. Get tickets now because all the tickets will go. Um, I think there'll also be some kind of big fancy musician there as well. Um, so get tickets now or don't get tickets. <laughs> but also if you could go through your WhatsApps and like invite lots of fun people who might like a big LGBTQ plus event, that would be really great. I think I might try and get uh, the, some Block 13 people beamed in not for a long conversation like that because it's a huge venue, but like beamed in to say hi to and we'll try and raise some money for them on the night. We might try and auction something off. If anyone's got anything they can auction off. My virginity. <laughs> Is that a genuine lot? We will have to find it. <laughs> Is it I will need a certificate of authenticity. It's somewhere. I don't have it on me. <laughs> Jordan, can we auction off your keyboard? Oh, I mean, that might detract from my future career. As yeah. a, <laughs> what about that suit? You could have my pink suit if you want. <laughs> can we have the pink Channel 4 suit, really? It's, yeah, I mean, it's a complicated mechanism. I don't know if anyone could really put it on. Oh, so like that you rip it off like that? It's magic. It's made by, literally, I'm not joking, it's made by a magician from the magician circle. But so would, it might be magic. Which might means... you not want to use that again, though? No. Like, you won't? Okay, we'll, we'll auction that do off. Do do that? Yeah, yeah, All right, absolutely. Cool. Perfect. Oh. Um, we will be auctioning off, because we didn't get to auction off at last time, Dinner for Four with Rob Rinder, and uh, he'll take you out. 
And also, Andrew Scott uh, is making someone a video, like a little, like a cameo, because he's not on cameo. Um, so we've got, we'll have some good things to auction off as well. It's going to be a really fun night. Thank you so much for coming out. You've been really wonderful. Thank you. You have been listening to the Guilty Feminists with me, I'm going to take this again because Tom, can you cut that out? So, <laughs> seriously, and cut it out. Don't just go, oh, that's funny. I'll keep it in. Actually, cut it out. I remember when I was a little girl, we had people for dinner, and I never paid for anything. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.